What's up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rudder, and you're listening to Life in the Fast Chain. For this episode, we have Toby Nafe from LBBW and Dave Sutter from TradeIX to talk all things Marco Polo. So uh, Dave is the first external, so not uh, an R3 employee, to be on the podcast twice. So woohoo! Snaps for Dave! Um, this episode's great. These guys are so awesome. Uh, I love them. It was a very fun episode to record, and we recorded right before Corticon. So uh, this has been a long time coming, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Bye. In the London studio with Toby Nafe and Dave Sutter. Thank you for coming in today, guys. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for having us. Of course. Amazing. Thanks a lot, Catherine. <laughs> I'm happy that you guys were able to uh, fit this in what I'm sure is very busy schedules, especially around uh, Corticon, obviously, is tomorrow, and I am having a full-blown panic attack about it, but it'll be fun, and you guys are both going. It's a festival out there. Yeah, it it really is. It's going to be fun. Yeah, we have so many people here at our three office. Um, We had, I think, 10 meetings today, and we are preparing for everything at Corticon. Hopefully, we have a good Marco Polo panel. Uh, Oh, you'll be great. I think we will. Don't worry. You'll be great. You guys also kind of have some, like, a warm-up from Cybos. Exactly. You know? Eurofinance and, yeah. 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 You guys are like, I'm born ready. So something like festival season at the moment. We do this for a living. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. So I'm sure it'll be great. Um, I can't believe you had so many meetings today. Where were you? This office is so packed. Like, where did you, where is it, were you here? We had the most meetings here. How? Oh, that's In the open space zone, in some meeting rooms. And the first meeting, I think we switched three times the meeting room. Because it was already booked. I, I'm not even surprised. I think <laughs> everything was double booked. At some point, right now in the office, there are so many people. Maybe I'll take a picture and like put it in this um, in the bio of this uh, podcast. But we have so many people walking around that our internet's like starting to not work. It's yeah, crazy. It's like Glastonbury out there. No, it yeah. it literally is. There, are, people had to disconnect their phones and their <laughs> and their Apple watches from the Wi-Fi because there's too many devices. It's crazy. But it's it's really cool around Cordacorn because we can meet all the people out of the other business networks like B3i. We can um, discuss the next steps with our tech partner, TradeIX, um, for Marco Polo Network for our go live, which we'll, we'll talk later about. Yeah. Um, and all the people from us three. So really cool. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I think one of the biggest benefits, and then we can jump off of this, but one of the biggest benefits to the conference is having all of the partners and ecosystem participants come together, and whether they're working together or not, you kind of have this, like, amazing community, and that's, like, what it's all about. Yeah, that's my favorite part of Corticon, seeing all my old friends. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. I'm a little stressed out about the... amount of people that have registered, we are like totally oversubscribed. Again, we, th- we always do this. I'm like, let's just get a bigger place. <laughs> it'll be very fun yeah. and it's a very good problem to have. Um, okay, so I'm going to announce, so we're, we're going to drink right now. It's an acceptable time to drink in the day, so that's fine. But you guys picked 1664. Why? Uh, is that how you even say it? Yeah, it is. Cronenberg. Cronies. Oh, Cronenberg. Cronin, yeah. Where is it from, Dave? Yeah, uh, what? I think it's a Dutch beer. No, it's French. It's French. It's French. Yeah. La Bira France. So now you have a German podcast participant and no German beer. Yeah. But, but the only one what was available was and I don't like it so much. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good to know. Very good to know. Yep. I had- 
I know nothing about beer, so I'm just going Probably along with the ride. Probably we have to delete our voice over uh, the, the corporate name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleep it out. I'll yeah. bleep it out. Um, yeah. That's actually kind of funny. I've never done that before. I'm going to do it. Um, okay, so let's open these. I have to put down the microphone, and then, okay, we're going to, okay. Here we go. This isn't very graceful. I actually normally have them, well, that's not true. Hold on. That was, should, that was good form. I know. I should do this, like, into the microphone. Can yeah. you hold the microphone over it? That would be so funny. Okay, let's see. You've done this before. <laughs> I don't want to hit the microphone, though. Watch. <laughs> hey, guys. There we go. Okay, next one. That's one of the best sounds. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, 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 it is. I'm hearing it in my ear. Yeah. Like, it sounded amazing. Yeah. Okay, here you go. Thank you. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank Cheers you again. To uh, to our three, Corda and Marco Polo. Yeah. Um, tastes like beer. Oh, like, oh okay. um, interesting. So it kind of tastes like to me. I okay. Granted, I know nothing about beer, but it kind of tastes to me like a lighter Heineken kind of. It is. Yeah, it's a light beer. Yeah. It's a it, it's a hot summer beer. I'd say. It's so interesting because it's not. Yeah, I'm when I drink beer, I typically am like, oh, I'll just have um, a Corona light. Yeah, <laughs> with a lime. But yeah, yeah. always. Yeah. Um, but and I have had Heineken, but I couldn't really get behind it. But I could, get, I could get behind this. Yep. And they're cute little bottles too. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. I feel like we could finish this in two seconds. And it's really light. We can. Yeah. yeah. If we could, <laughs> I'll Slack message someone and ask them to bring us more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. So. First, um, let's hear a little bit about you guys. We'll start with Dave um, at Trade IX. What brought you there, and what's your role there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm the chief strategy officer uh, for Trade IX, which is the primary developer and business network operator of uh, Marco Polo. Um, I oversee the company's platform, commercial, and technology strategy, and I've spent my entire life since I was a sophomore in a, in a dorm room at college uh, building blockchain-based uh, applications, and really wow. for the last five or six years have, have focused particularly on uh, global trade and, and supply chains uh, and how we conduct and finance them using the technology, so uh, this is all I've ever done. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Oh, I also want to mention that, oh, I forget exactly what episode number it is but you are officially the first external like not our three person to come on the podcast twice oh wow you're the first one yeah wow Woo! congrats Dave let's get another round of beer if this is video you can see a tear rolling down my eye <laughs> tears of joy yeah um, but yeah you're the first one it's pretty exciting so I'm proud. I actually think I do want to talk about uh, we'll, we'll go to Toby quickly and then well then not quickly <laughs> I'm like well I don't really want to talk to Toby but uh, no uh, we'll talk about all the things that have happened in between um, that episode and this one, and I'll obviously link to it um, in the bio of this episode. But Toby, I want to read your title because it's so long, right? and I forgot to read yours. Okay, so so Kendra and I can do it. Okay. Um, so <laughs> my name is Tobias Nafe. Toby is a little bit easier. Um, I'm client relationship manager, international business for Landesbank Baden-Württemberg, so LBBW. Mm -hmm. um, we are per balance sheet bank number four in Germany. Um, and we serve around about 25k corporate clients mm -hmm. through all segments, um, SMEs, multinationals, and so on. Um, in the role as client relationship manager for international corporates and focused on corporates in the German, Austria, Switzerland region, um, 
my role is to help clients serve their needs in trade finance and supply chain finance. Um, I'm with LBW for around about 18 years. So, What, really? Yes, and so much experience in trade finance. That's awesome. Um, so you I started when you were 10 years old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking so young. Yeah, you are. Thanks, yeah. thanks a lot, Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I second that. <laughs> um, so I'm working in trade finance now for let's say seven or eight years, and I have seen all the problems. What we are talking la later about um, in life, how it works, and what is really inefficient paper-based processes. So I've learned the job by basics. Um, so I think it's really interesting to talk about what we can leverage in future um, with Marco Polo. Um, my second role is I'm program lead um, in Marco Polo project for client engagement. So most of the pilot transactions, what we have done as LBBW with clients like Daimler, DuraAG, Void, um, KSB, and mm -hmm. for example, Commerce Bank with Shot, um, was structured by me and our teams. Um, and we are doing it to learn as much as possible um, in this phase of the project to have later on in product or in platform which fits 200% on the need of our clients. Great transition, Toby. So, Dave, can you talk a little bit about what the Marco Polo Network is? Yeah, absolutely. So, the Marco Polo Network was founded in 2017 by a group of uh, 12 financial institutions, LBBW included, uh, alongside ourselves. TradeX and R3 uh, as the provider of Corda, the distributed ledger technology protocol we use. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the, the project was founded on a core mandate, which is, and I'm doing this by memory, and this is exactly what it is. Okay, is I'm excited. It, it was to uh, enable a convergence of data from the physical, financial, and informational supply chains. That's a lot of big words. Yes, and to use that data to provide uh, uh, better uh, working capital and mm -hmm. access to credit, to drive transparency and automation, and provide enhanced risk mitigation yeah. uh, to corporate clients. And uh, and and that's what the, that's the mandate that we've carried forward. Um, and so Marco Polo uh, really provides two primary things. Mm -hmm. The first is a, a quarter-based business network, mm -hmm. specifically for trade and supply chains that allows all of the key stakeholders within global trade, buyers, sellers, banks, logistics companies, insurers, and other uh, service providers to connect and exchange data uh, very securely and privately uh, in real time peer-to-peer -peer and uh, in a highly automated fashion. Uh, and that's the piece that's really powered by Corda. Yeah. Um, we like to say it's it's sort of like the internet of trade. It's yeah. the foundational protocol mm -hmm. by which all counterparties use to communicate. And on top of that, we've built a, a global platform mm -hmm. on which we build and deploy specific business applications that allows banks and corporates to really automate and streamline end-to-end -end trade and working capital activities um, and to do so in a highly efficient digital and, and real-time manner. Wow, great. Uh, you are like, this is what you do. I do this for <laughs> yeah. a living, yeah. No, yeah. that was great. That was a great ex uh, explanation. So, Toby, why did LBBW join? Okay, probably I have to, to start um, with our blockchain journey as LBBW. Yeah. Um, we started, I think, two or three years ago um, with use cases like promissory note or bond issuance together with companies like Daimler. Mm -hmm. 
um, and we wanted to understand the technology and to learn out of, um, let's say, POCs, um, first live transactions. Um, in our core business cases, so like um, permission, per, permission note issuance, then ABCP, um, mm -hmm. and we started on other protocols, and then later on we switched to Corda because we believe um, in real business we need an enterprise-ready protocol. Um, mm -hmm. Probably you can comment on, on this point, Dave, but from our perspective, we have put a lot, lot of efforts in researching about technology, and we as LBBW, we have seen um, there are probably one or two or three mm -hmm. protocols which are enterprise-ready, GDPR conform, um, security compliance, and so on. Um, and from our perspective, Corda is that one which is ready now. Um, so yeah. this was one of the decisions point. Um, we decided to jump into Marco Polo mm -hmm. and not in one of the other initiatives. Um, well, plus the R3 employees are amazing. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that was my main deciding factor, actually. Really? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but... but, but, oh but, but, but he complimented and yeah. took right back. Right back. But yeah. to be honest here, from, from our perspective, yes, from a technical perspective, but as Dave mentioned, from a um, personal perspective as well, because if we are going to do something with a startup, we want to have a startup which really gives us um, the feeling they know what they are doing, um, mm -hmm. They are absolutely in, and we believe that they can achieve it. Um, mm -hmm. And 100% we had this feelings with TradeIX and with R3 as well, that mm -hmm. all of the people, they know what they are doing. And now we are coming to the use case because um, why LBBW do something in trade finance, in Marco Polo? Um, we are a strictly client-focused um, bank. So everything what we are starting um, mm -hmm. begins with the client mm -hmm. and with client feedback. And we had many discussions with um, our big um, multinational clients about digitalization in trade because mm -hmm. in the past and most of the products in trade exist for hundreds of years so um, they are really traditional paper-based um, from a system perspective in silos we have many parties involved so many many of inefficient processes fraud risk op risk and so on and so on so we decided we believe in the technology um, and we want to change something. And from our perspective, at the moment, the window is open. Um, and as I mentioned, we are client-focused. Our clients wanted to do something. Yeah. And they wanted to change their business models um, in trade and supply chain finance. They wanted to reduce risk. So the decision was, to be honest, clear. Um, yeah. Yes, we have to do it. And this is the perfect fit for us to develop it. Great. Hit the nail on the head there, too. That was impressive. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I will, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might as well. We are going to actually pay. They are, are, are they, they have less, they're smaller, right? I think they're like 11 ounces. But probably, Dave, you can comment on the point what is um, like enterprise-ready um, protocol, yeah. um, why TraderX um, specially decided to, to build on Corda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons that uh, we've really built our business uh, and built the entire Marco Polo network on Corda. I'll focus in on a few sort of key points. The first is uh, is really 
uh, data privacy. Mm -hmm. um, so Cord is the only enterprise blockchain uh, on the market right now that uh, got it right the first time. So the fundamental peer-to-peer uh, -peer framework uh, or methodology within Corda allows every user in the network to ultimately and finally control and secure and retain custody over their data uh, in, in a way that's not possible with, with certainly with uh, legacy technologies, but certainly not with other enterprise blockchains. And this, this point is so important, but because if we as a bank um, think about it, would our clients like Daimler, Dur, Void, do they want to have that their data is not secure, that their data is not privacy, that it will be shared in a whole network no. through participants which are not involved in their transactions? Yes, absolutely. No. Um, <laughs> the second is, uh, well, it makes it already makes use of ubiquitous, tested, and, and time-proven technologies um, like yeah. Java, like Kotlin, like yep. relational databases, AMQP, on and on. So the actual uh, ingredients to Corda are time-tested and proven enterprise technologies that have, have been used in mission-critical mm -hmm. regulated uh, software systems before. It's just the the chef, if, you, if, if you'll follow my analogy, has <laughs> taken these ingredients... <laughs> And, and baked a cake that's never uh, that's never been done before. So the the combination of the uh, of the ingredients and then how they've been applied is completely unique. Yeah. And and the last and, and most important piece uh, would be Corda's approach. Um, to interoperability through mm. the Corda network. Yeah. Um, so a lot of enterprise blockchains are just being applied really um, in their own digital islands, mm. where if you have one enterprise blockchain network and another enterprise blockchain network, they're not inherently interoperable, even if they use the same protocol. Mm. You yeah. need some type of middleware to connect yeah. them. But with Corda, um, they've really built a true decentralized ecosystem whereby all types of different business networks and applications participants are able to, to transact seamlessly across these different business networks uh, without having to do uh, any you know further integration. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that we've seen work really well in, in public blockchains for, for other non-financial or non-regulated mm -hmm. enterprise use cases, but it's never been done in the enterprise space until until Corda did it. So the Corda network is, is a really big part of, of why we've made our decision. Yeah, totally. I've had um, James Carlisle on the podcast a while ago. Actually, I should get him back on because there have been a lot of, like, I feel like good developments since I had him on. But, um, yeah, Core Network is such a big part of it. Actually, the last few episodes um, that I did with partners, which I don't do all my podcast episodes with partners because I, I don't want to be, like, only talking about R3 and Corda, but the last few have been, and they've all talked about, like, why Corda, and they've said very similar things, so it's yeah. good. You we're we're doing something right. We volunteered this I know, I you, know. I was, I was record, actually going to, and then you guys just took it away. Yeah. I love it. Corda champions. Wait, also, who's Corda certified? Um, Are you I'm neither not. of you? Actually, I'm not. Are you? Yes. Okay. <gasps> I have to be. Can I be grandfather, man? Come Dave on now. Yeah, Sutter is not. Yeah. I feel like you. You. Well, now the test is harder. Do you know that? Really? Yeah, they redid it. Does Mario Andretti have to do get a so driver's the, license? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The test was hard enough for me when I did it. I think you mean it was easier in the past. I did the easy test. Well, no. It, it, trust me, it's um, not easy. I'm not saying it's easy I, at all. I, I'm not here as well. So I'm not a developer, and I did it to understand more what is about in the technology, and 
as you know, as client relationship manager, we have to sell these future solutions to clients. So we have to understand yeah. some, some kind of basics, how it works, and yes, I can't hard. believe you're not. I've been exposed. I know, but I <laughs> thought I was asking that as a layup for both of you no, guys. No, well, no. because, you, okay, but you've been working with us for so long. I like, know, exactly, yeah. You should be grandfathered in. Yeah, I, I, if I had any say, I would do that. Thank but. you. I'm going to go talk to Richard and Mike and, and everyone right now after this podcast. Honestly, mm. I support you. Yeah, thank you. He should he should um, become something like a golden certification or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. If um, not Dave, who else? So thank you. No, it's true. I'm I'm in full support of that. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> I just exposed that you're not. <laughs> People, clients are going to start running. Oh my gosh, no! Yeah, Is yeah. that bad? I, no, am I being okay? okay. I'm yeah. Of course, you're joking because yeah. you're amazing <laughs> at what you do. But still, okay. Um, moving on. Can you guys uh, talk about all the new people you've onboarded to the Marco Polo Network? Yeah, really. Because um, a lot since we last talked. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's been a complete whirlwind. Lots of lots of Red Bull and and very little sleep. Uh, but we've gone from I think the last time we spoke we were just with the twelve uh, founding uh, yeah. founding banks. Now we're up to uh, well over twenty five. Oh wow! Financial mm. institutions across the I world. Think it's uh, near thirty. Yeah, it's almost. Yeah, I think you are. I don't know. Yeah, between yeah, it is getting closer to thirty than twenty five. Wow. Uh, North America. We just had Bank of America uh, join. Massive. Uh, yeah. And in um, uh, Latin America, we have Bradesco, one of the largest banks in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, in the Middle East, we've had uh, National Bank Fujaira uh, just join, and, and there's a lot of other banks in the Middle East coming on soon. Uh, all across Europe, um, uh, Asia Pacific. I mean, it's just been a complete explosion mm-hmm. uh, in 12 years, or 12 months, sorry. Uh, it seems like 12 years. <laughs> yeah, um, you're aging, yeah. aging like and, it's 12 years with that much you're uh, working. Even, well, no offense, Toby, but even more exciting than the explosion of banks is the explosion of corporates. Yeah. Um, the number of pilots that are, are tracking real trade flows from Germany to China, Thailand to Germany, yeah. uh, all around the world, it, the number of corporates, Toby mentioned a few at the beginning, has really just exploded. Yeah. Um, about as many corporates as there are banks now. Uh, oh, really? Pilots, yeah. It's really, um, they need it. It's been a long time coming. They're desperate. Yeah. It's, it's like... Uh, uh, water in the desert. I've been waiting if, for the M word. If you look um, <laughs> from a corporate perspective, why should they adopt the solution? Then all the need what they have since years and know of the banks is listening yeah. will be provided through Marco Polo and um, through the solution we are developing together with the tech partners in the project because we have multi-bank, multi-funding solution, um, mm-hmm. decentralized database and so on and so on. And this is what the clients requesting since since years. And if we look into, we are working now as LBBW one and a half years um, in client engagement and we we have clients on board like Daimler, like DuraAG, like Void. Um, Commerce Bank is working closely with Shot AG. So um, this shows only a little bit of the interest, and we're having a lot of discussions at the moment um, with huge corporates um, how to implement the platform in production. Mm-hmm. Um, so. This really shows that we are on the right track yeah. um, and that we are really trying to um, yeah. help our corporates. And one point what is really important here, in the past, mostly banks developing solutions um, 
and then when it's ready after four or five years presenting it to the corporate or mm -hmm. to and okay that's it that's yeah. what you get and what we are doing and this is really from from a collaboration perspective from a project perspective we are bringing the corporates in to have later on a solution which fits 100% or more than 100% because we are testing the MVP platform with the corporates and their feedback um, is directly going to TraderX. We have discussions with the team of TraderX and most of the, let's say, wish list of the clients is already implemented. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that, that collaboration that you speak of is one of the most important aspects of what the Marco Polo Network's doing. Yeah. If you look at trade and trade finance, a lot of the deep-seated issues and deficiencies that are, are really serving as bottlenecks uh, to the flow of, of goods and, and credit and, mm -hmm. and money, um, these are structural issues. So a structural issue, by definition, is something that's a market-wide issue mm -hmm. that can't be solved unilaterally. Structural issues require structural market-wide solutions. And we hear Richard Brown actually write and speak a lot about uh, the future of technology being applying market-wide solutions instead of just independent unilateral totally. solutions. And trade is is a glaring example of that because trade is an inherently decentralized network of parties yeah. that cross hundreds of jurisdictional boundaries that require millions of different participants and even greater number of documents and data points all to flow and be orchestrated yeah. and accessible uh, in a timely and accurate matter. And so the only way to, to actually overcome these obstacles is to take the collaborative approach that we're doing with Marco Polo. Yeah. Just, just as one example, um, and Toby, we were just talking about this before, there's a lot of, I often get the question, what's the difference between you know a blockchain-based network and us as a bank just implementing an API? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> a huge difference. So oh, Yeah, I actually, yeah. Love, I've heard this before, and I don't yeah. think I've ever had anyone talk about it on the podcast. If I'm a corporate client, and I have 10 banks, or 20 banks, or 30 banks, which many of them do, and they all have the best API in the world, that's still 10, 20, 30, 40 different bespoke integrations that I have to do as a corporate yeah. that require bespoke processes, bespoke reconciliation, bespoke formats and data translation. Mm -hmm. and so for, 20 projects. Yeah, exactly. And mm. and in the reverse, mm. if I'm a bank and I have 10,000 clients and all of my 10,000 clients have yeah. an amazing API-enabled ERP, that's 10,000 different integrations yeah. I still have to go through. Yeah. But with distributed ledger technology like Corda, it's connect once to connect to many. Mm. Banks mm -hmm. and corporates have a single interface, a single integration, a single platform to run all of their trade and working capital activities yeah. around the world and across their entire client portfolio or their client banking group. And so it's, it's a fundamentally different solution. Totally. So you kind of touched on it, Toby, but... Um, we talk a lot about like the hype cycle and it, everyone has their opinions on blockchain and um, is it hype or it, are we finally getting to a place where we're getting into production and specifically with Marco Polo? So from my personal and I think from LBBW's perspective as well, um, we can in this case say the hype is over. Um, because it is real business now. Um, the software um, is production grade, so 
we as a bank, we need probably two more months or so to do some internal approvals, new new product um, processes and so, but this is standard. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end, the solution is now production grade, GDPR conform, security assessed, and so on and so on. So yep. that means the hype is over and it is going to be real business. Um, and if we look, what does it cost to achieve it? Um, we have now, as LBBW worked out since in, in the last one and a half years with five to six full-time persons in this project, Trader X with his, I think, 150, one, 150 yeah. to 180 yeah. employees. Um, wow. And most of the banks have the same numbers in the project than we. So you see the, the problems in trade and supply chain finance, they are huge. So as we discussed now um, many times, silos, different participants, but our efforts are huge as well. And I think the window is open and we are going through it. Uh, we are production ready and we want to sell this solution or provide this solution to our clients to solve all their needs within the next months. And it is production ready. And this is, um, I think the whole team, us three, Trader X, all the banks, LBBW, we can say we are proud yep. that we um, get there. I think I counted, I did some back of the napkin math. There's <laughs> at any given point in time about four to 500 people across uh, Trader X, the banks, R3, who are working and dedicated to the Marco Polo project. Now, many yeah. of them aren't full time, mm -hmm. but when you count all the banks, their individual project team, Straight acts, which growing like a weed. Uh, totally. Can't, can't, can't even, I see people all the time in the office. So I'm like, who are you? Where are you? Who are you going to see? Oh, I work for Trade X. Oh, great. Welcome aboard. Oh, cool. Um, and, and, and across R3, it's given us a tremendous amount of support. It's just, it's an army. Well, you guys um, are a great partner, too. The whole, I mean, I see so much um, content. I'm, I'm in marketing, so I like always say content, but the content coming out about like new announcements and everything you guys are doing doing so many good things. Yeah. I think the, the beauty of the project is um, that all the people are focusing on what they can do best. Yeah. So TradeX is focused on developing. Um, banks is fo focusing on giving know-how to the tech partners. Mm -hmm. um, but not all of the banks are doing all the work. So each bank is focusing on the products which are um, in which they are good at. Yeah. So we yeah. are focusing on trade finance products because LBBW is um, out of the heart of Germany's export um, companies so we are good in export uh, finance and trade finance we are focusing on these products other banks which have huge experience in the supply chain products are focusing on this um, and I think we have really a cool team and all the 500 people hope to bring it to, to, to make it done um, yes. to deliver <laughs> and to better serve clients tomorrow so make it easier more transparent I'm sorry it's not marketing but this is what we want to do yeah. and the challenge is huge um, and we have some more challenges within the next years so it is not like you have tomorrow um, the the best um, black forest cake yeah. <laughs> Toby found out my ancestors are from the black forest and he bought me a nice piece of cake which apparently they um, like there um, but if if this team's if this team not achieve um, to make it easier, smarter, more transparent, I don't believe that any other can do it. Yes, I mean the uh, the beauty too of a of the collaborative effort 
is also that the collaborative effort is around an open network and an open mm-hmm. platform. Meaning in the future, uh, our absolute hope and aim is to create really a a very a thriving ecosystem mm-hmm. that involves yeah. many different solution providers, many different applications, many types of participants. So right now, well, TradeIX, yes, we are the primary developer and really the only ones uh, building applications today. Mm-hmm. Um, we have tons of other partners who are lining up and who we're already working with um, to build and deploy their own solutions on the network in the same way that Android and iOS, you know, really provide this beautiful platform and ecosystem of, mm. of, of producers and consumers, uh, which gives us as, as users of these phones access to productivity, calendar, mm-hmm. email, all these different services we need. Marco Polo is taking the same platform-based business yeah. model. Yeah. And because of that, uh, there's no one provider or one bank or one corporate who has to do everything. You know, mm. uh, we can really create, uh, by being open, you know, you can leverage sort of the wisdom of the masses, which is you know something other platform businesses have taken advantage of, um, but it's never been done in trade. Yeah, definitely. You guys both kind of answered my next question. Uh, <laughs> but I was just going to be, what does the future hold for Marco Polo Network? But is there anything you'd like to kind of add on that? Because it's like kind of starting and then... Toby, so, you go so, first and then I'll So go probably there will, there will come up and downs um, in future. Yeah. But as mentioned before, um, <coughs> we're really proud that we are now production great um, in in one product and we are going to be production ready in the next months in the traditional trade products and there's a lot of more to come um, let's see yeah. how, how it works but but from our perspective we we have clients on board they want to go live mm-hmm. um, and yes it is not the 100% competitive solution tomorrow, what we probably have in traditional products, and we have much challenges to do, like integration of logistic data, integration of trade insurance data. Um, we have um, to do a lot of stuff from a feature functionality perspective. If we look into Corda, probably some things are changing as well within the next years, because yeah. the base layer is under development as well. Yeah. Um, Software is never, never done. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but we are at the moment in version number one point, how, however, but yeah. we are early stage and we have achieved to get production ready. We have a great team of banks um, and we want to go through the window. LBBW believes in the technology, believes in the team behind of it, um, and we have the clients and we want to do it. And one point, probably I want to <laughs> point this out, we have to change our mindset as banks when we go into yeah. in a project like this. It is not we are not we have not solved in the past like we want to have multi banking we want to have this and this, um, but we have to change because we have to solve the problems of our clients and yeah. we have yeah. to be strictly client focused. And here the technology and the solution helps our clients in future to improve their business. So that is the reason LBBW is going for it and we believe in it. So. Hopefully, it will be in success. Uh, I'm going to jump forward uh, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, actually, because that's how much I believe in this initiative. Uh, You guys both very clearly believe in it, by the way. (laughs) Um, I love the passion. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about 
uh, global trade supply chains and the way the world's moving more generally, um, I can I would bet my life on the fact that um, it won't be too much longer that human beings drive cargo ships and load and unload containers on those ships and pack mm-hmm. and unpack warehouses mm-hmm. and drive semi trucks and and fly cargo planes. Uh, you're looking at really. And this is happening now. Intel and Rolls-Royce are building self-driving cargo ships. You've got FedEx and wow. UPS already mm-hmm. with self-driving trucks on the road. Amazon's delivering drones by pack- yeah. dr- delivering packages by drones. Yeah. Our, our supply chains are going to become autonomous. Yeah. And to underpin those autonomous supply chains, which are moving goods and services across borders, we need a new uh, financial operating network, if you will, yeah. that that is laced in and throughout this autonomous uh, it, world. It will not be possible to finance these kind of automated supply chains with the traditional products exactly. and the traditional mindsets. Exactly. Yeah. So, so really moving ahead, we see Marco Polo, uh, the Marco Polo network really becoming the underlying infrastructure upon which this sort of new autonomous uh, environment for global trade and supply chains as it comes about that we can be sort of the infrastructure that supports that. And um, if you look, it's not just sort of a cool science fiction thing. The, the, the application of both you know autonomous technologies and physical supply chains and then lacing in the financial supply chain will allow to allow corporates, banks, everyone else to bring unheard of levels of efficiencies into the way they manage their balance sheets, into the way that they manage their risk. And that's ultimately going to be to the benefit um, of the businesses who need it the most in emerging markets and emerging economies in the developing world who have a very restricted uh, have very restricted access to credit and and really aren't plugged in fully to the global economy because of the lack of these technologies and probably yeah. global economy will change yes. within the next years yeah. so working capital and other new finance methods um, will be needed yes. so yeah. so look and this is one one point in future as well we have to raise away what is there and mm-hmm. build it up new greenfield new pro- Products, commodity yeah. products, and so yeah. on. Because what they've mentioned, if we have automated um, container ships, there will be track and trace. You will always see where's you, where's the goods, and you mm-hmm. can finance it as soon as they are in Europe, and yeah. so on. So there will be opportunities. For me, as a simple banker, it is today not possible to think about it. Yeah. What, yeah. what will possibly um, be there At, in future? That's in every instance. Multi-sided networks, multi-sided platforms like Marco Polo end up creating products and services that were previously unimaginable Mm, because you're able to combine participants, data, assets, uh, and and information in ways that were never previously possible. And out of that realm, we call it the... expected unexpected so we expect Mm. that there will be unexpected use cases Mm -hmm. as has been the case for the internet or personal computers or platform businesses like android and ios Uh, yeah that's that's really the exciting thing about marco polo for me yeah certainly so before i let you guys go um how could i if i'm interested um in joining the marco polo network how could i join 
Um, you can go to marcopolo.finance. Um, visit the website. There's contact information there. Send us an email. Uh, you can uh, bug me on LinkedIn, uh, <laughs> Dave Sutter. Uh, you can get into my inbox. Or uh, probably more interestingly to the audience, especially people that are listening that are representing financial institutions, mm-hmm. um, I'd encourage you the, to reach out to any of the one uh, Marco Polo Network members we have today. And I do have bias and say you should probably talk to Toby. Uh, <laughs> and uh, bug him on LinkedIn. So, Toby, do uh, you want to give? How, how can they contact you? Yeah, I think I think this is really an important point. So, when we started our discussion as LBBW with TradeX, um, we get a lot of information, um, and it was really helpful. But it was also important for us to talk, um, as Dave mentioned, to other financial institutions, and mm-hmm. we had lots of talks to ING, Commerce Bank, which are competitors of us, and it is really the beauty that we are all collaborating here in the yep. project. Yeah. Um, so if you want to join, talk to TradeIX, talk to us three about the project. And we as banks, as well we as LBBW, we are always open to give you insights, how it works for us, what is about the business case behind of it, um, how, how is our internal approach. We will give you this information. So reach out to me on LinkedIn um, or send me an email. So thanks a lot. Yep. Great. Thanks for coming in today, guys. And we all finished our beer. Thank I'm not you. I'm yeah. not surprised because yeah. they were smaller. I finished mine like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> we should have just known and brought in yeah. six. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's keep going after this. I mean, we could. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Fast Chain. Uh, Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, share with your friends, your family, the whole deal. Um, Why not? Because everyone wants to hear this voice. (laughs) Um, Okay. I hope everyone has happy holidays. Um, It's early December while I put this out. But um, as I said before, this was recorded uh, a few weeks prior. Um, And so I'm so happy to share this finally. I love these guys. They're amazing. And... Spread some holiday cheer by uh, talking about life in the fast change. Cha cha cha. Bye.